We hope you enjoy this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Cooper. called Supernatural, and today I'm talking about prayer that releases miracles. 1 Corinthians 2.4, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. Paul, talking to the church in Corinth. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. Father, today as we open the Word of God, as we break bread together, would you allow the Word to come alive in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our spirits? Would you allow us to see the power of the Holy Spirit in this place today? In Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about the fact that God has opened the heavens. Actually, a couple weeks ago, but that continues to resonate this for the third week that I will share this verse out of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20. And I will read it again after we go outside a little later. And after we've had communion outside this morning... We're going to baptize. And I want to say this right now, and I may mention it along the way. But if you want to go home today baptized, you can. I don't know how many are getting baptized today. I don't care if it's one or 20. It doesn't matter. But after we have communion, if you want to get baptized, just jump in line. Just jump in line. And every Sunday, between now and the end of the month, we're going to be baptizing after service. So invite your friends. Let's get them saved. Let's let's have an incredible journey these next few weeks as we baptize believers for the glory of God. All right, I told you to go to Hebrews 10.20. God has opened the heavens. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, and we know that when Jesus was on the cross, that the veil in the temple tore in two. This was not a simple matter, by the way. From the top to the bottom, the veil that kept man from the Holy of Holies was torn in two. 
Just as that veil was torn in two, it says, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. We live under an open heaven because Jesus' body was broken. It opened the way to heaven for you and I. The glory of God is our inheritance as children of God. Okay. What I just told you was pretty cool. Listen real close. The glory of God is our inheritance as children of God. The word glory is found throughout the Bible, and it can be used in several different ways. It can describe honor, wealth, and power, like the glory of a king or a person that's held in high esteem. The second usage is what I want to focus on here for a moment, and it's used to describe God's manifested or tangible presence. And that can be used to describe personal encounters that people have with which God's glorious power moves out of the supernatural realm into the earthly realm. And we experience it in one of our five senses. So we, we see, we hear, we touch, we, we taste, or we smell the supernatural glory of God. In both the Old and the New Testament, we see examples of ordinary people just like us experiencing God in this way. So what I'm about to tell you is not just in the New Testament, it was in the Old Testament. Ordinary people, just like you and I, experiencing the supernatural presence of God, the glory of God. The children of Israel had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, can you imagine for 40 years of your life, every day when you come out of your tent, there's this great big pillar that's a cloud. And if that cloud decides to move, everybody packs up their gear and they follow where the cloud goes. This happened for 40 years. If they're in bed... It's a fire. And if the fire starts moving, everybody gets out of bed, loads up, and they follow the fire to where God is leading them. It's one of the best ways for us to understand the glory of God. The pillar of fire or the pillar of, of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. For the New Testament, People, they had gathered in the upper room. 
and they'd been waiting for 10 days. Jesus had rose from the dead. He walked amongst them for 40 days. On the 40th day, he ascended to heaven. And for 10 days, they went back to Jerusalem. They went back into the upper room where they had had the last supper with Jesus. And now there's 120 of them in there, not just 12, but now 120. 120 of them gathered. For 10 days, they're waiting. And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, there's something exciting about waiting for God. I just started my 92nd day of waiting on God this year. We all started back in January around the fire. I just decided not to quit. And every morning I've just waited on God, listening. What's God up to? Well, they were 10 days in, these 120, when suddenly a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the place where they were sitting. So in the Old Testament, we see the example of the fire and the cloud, but now on the day of Pentecost, there is a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it fills all the house where they're sitting. And cloven tongues as of fire sat on each of them. It was the manifestation of the glory of God. They were experiencing the supernatural. The miracles of Jesus were revelations of the glory of the Lord. They were heavenly invasions that impacted people in ways and, and they were able to experience God with one of their five senses. Jesus' first miracle. Look at John chapter 2, verse 11. This miracle in Cana was the first of many extraordinary miracles. Now, I, I just love the way it says that. Extraordinary, right? Extraordinary miracles. We are ordinary. God is extraordinary. Amen? When you have an $80,000 turnaround from January to April 3rd, that's extraordinary. That's not ordinary. Amen? When, when you're sick and you get healed, that's extraordinary. That's God showing his glory. Jesus, a first of the many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee that, re here it is, that revealed his glory. Glory is the inheritance of his kids. The first of many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee that revealed his glory, and listen to this, and his disciples believed in him. So as they're drinking that wine, they're like, 
nobody turns water into wine except God. Because it's not, it's not natural. It's supernatural. Amen? Acts chapter 4, verse 31. As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. So here we see the, the, these early disciples sharing the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Why? Because something supernatural happened under their feet. And the place where they were standing began to shake, and they went out with unrestrained boldness. Go one more chapter, Acts 5. Continually, more and more people believed in the Lord and were added to their numbers. Great crowds of both men and women. In fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, hear this. When they knew that Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on coats and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons. And you got to love the last line here, and everyone was healed. Peter was not proclaiming himself, worship me. He was simply following Jesus as the light of the world, and that light was gushing out of him, and it was flowing out of him, and people were rushing to see what God was going to do next. What's God going to do next in your life? Amen? What's God God planned for you next? Whew. It's incredible to think that it's possible to walk in such a measure of the manifest glory of God that no sickness or demonic power would be able to stand in our presence any more than a snowball can withstand a Texas summer. By this definition of glory, God's manifested or tangible presence. Personal encounters that people have in which God's glorious power moves out of the supernatural realm into the earthly realm. God in all of his splendor can and does move into the natural realm. God can actually be experienced today 
by us. That means a lot. I believe people everywhere long to be touched by God in these tangible ways. There's a lost and dying world that longs to see the gospel, to experience the gospel, and to be touched and healed by the gospel. They want to do more than just hear about the gospel with their ears. They want to experience the gospel in a life-altering encounter. And I felt like the Lord just say, pause for a moment. Because we can do all of this, but if we're missing one ingredient, it really means nothing. The evidence of whether we are born again, whether we're going to heaven, is love. It's not whether you had a ministry. Lord, I got up and preached before the church on the lake in Livingston every Sunday. But if I didn't have love, it meant nothing. Amen? I boldly proclaimed the prophetic word of the Lord. But if it didn't have love, it was nothing. And, you know, you get into those words in Matthew where it talks about when you saw somebody in prison, did you go and visit them? When you saw someone was sick, did you help them? Did you do this? Did you do that? When you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And you know what makes it so easy to flow in love? Is you're doing it unto Jesus. So that means you got to get bitterness out of the way. You got to get unforgiveness out of the way. You got to get things out of the way that would keep you from loving. Because it's not good enough just to love people that love you back. You got to love those that hate you. It's easy for me to love this girl on the front row. Forty years of marriage. It's so easy to be your man. But that's not enough. I got to love people that don't like me. I got to love people that hate me. And so do you. <laughs> they will know we are Christians by the love that we have one for another. That's in the church. So people can come in and say, these people really love each other. They're Christians. But that's not good enough, folks, just to love everybody in this room. 
You got to love people outside this room. You got to love people that don't love you. Because it's the love of Christ flowing out of you that helps you to love those that you might think are unlovable. Oh, that's good. And none of that's in my notes, by the way. Just pause and think about that for a moment. What about miracles today? The manifestation of God's glory is not just something that happens in Bible times. It happens right now. Because of the prayers of God's people, faith in his word, and the declaration of his gospel. Today I've got four of the 44 School of Leadership Development students They're going to share a miracle for today. And I believe that God's going to use their testimony to speak to our hearts today. So Charlie, come on up. Uh Uh-oh. Love you, buddy. And y'all look good out there. I just want to share, I've got about six months to pack in five minutes and the timer's counting, so I've got to talk fast so y'all got to listen. Um, first of all, I wouldn't be up here without Julie. I asked her to just wave because she, she discipled me to Jesus, so I wouldn't be here without her. This incident that I'm going to talk about has a lot to do with me But what I need y'all to understand is my wife was the catalyst behind the ignition of bringing the Holy Spirit to me in this time. Real quick, man, I love being in the House of Miracles. So real quick, Mom, will you stand up for a sec? Stand up. Stand up. Okay. a few, few, we've only been here a short while, but my mom recently got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, okay? Some of y'all may remember when we first started coming here, we laid hands on her right here. Pastor Mike anointed her. A lot of intercession that day. Those of you who don't know, when you have cancer, you have about 25 cancer cells in your body, right? Well, when she got her diagnosis less than a year ago, her, um, her can- cancer cell count was elevated to about 400. She got a blood test about three weeks ago, and her cancer cells plummeted to 120. The doctors can't explain it, but we can explain it, right? So, love you, Mom. I just wanted to share that without treatment. All right? Okay. All right. So a year ago today, or a year ago, March 23rd, um, I fell from about 20 feet. Um, those of you, that black duck right there, my head was about where it is and I fell. Um, a ladder broke. Basically, I had to make a decision in a split second. I still don't know how that happened other than that was the grace of God. But if I would have landed on my back, I probably wouldn't be here. In that moment, 
I literally push myself away. And that's not a human nature kind of thing to do. When I landed, I could tell that I was wrecked. My back was ungodly pain. My leg, I noticed when I turned, my, my foot didn't move, but my leg did, and I had pain. Turns out I broke my tib-fib, and my, I didn't see it, but when the paramedics got there to take me to UTMB, they told me that my fibula was outside my leg. My, uh, they took me straight to trauma, where they straightened my leg up, and um, shortly after that, um, they took me to surgery, and they put one of those big metal fixators on my leg. My doctor, who told me he had been practicing for over 40 years, had said that he had never seen a break like mine and that he was really concerned because of the place where it broke. Um, he told me that I, there's a good chance I'd have arthritis, a good chance I'd have a limp, good chance that I was going to have to do up to six months, if not more, physical therapy. He said, man, I've never seen anything like this. This is pretty bad. Um, and so obviously that's all the things I don't need to hear. But during that time, I, I went into trauma. They straightened my leg. I don't know how my wife stayed in there and listened to me yell and scream and all that, but she did. My pastor at the time was there and he goes, brother, I'm leaving, right? He's like, I'm gone. I can't watch this. Anyway, they did their thing. They straightened me up. They got me back to my room, took me to another surgery. In about three days or something about that number three, right? On the third day, my wife said I started a turnaround. During those, those days, my wife was sending texts, praying, sobbing, praying for me to have good nurses, which I did. And just that she just let everybody that we knew know about my accident. Anyway, my doctor came in. They were going to send me home for a couple of weeks after that. And the doctor wanted to unwrap my leg and look at it. And he said, typically it takes three weeks for you to heal up enough for us to do the major surgery. He unwrapped my leg. He left, brought his team back in. And he says, have y'all ever seen anything like this in your life? And the doctors were like, no. And he said, your leg is 80% healed from the surgery. So I didn't go home for three weeks, but three days after that, roughly, they did my surgery and they released me. Okay. So I went back in June and um, they, he, he called me a medical anomaly. Zero days of physical therapy. I don't limp. I can jump. And I'm here. So the power of prayer, God, he is in the miracle-making business, y'all. And I'm standing here today to tell you that's a fact. Amen. That's extraordinary, y'all. That's supernatural. Amen. Jamie, figure it out, Johns. Five minutes went so fast, Charlie. <laughs> I have notes, unlike Charlie, who just winged it. Jeez. I have notes because sometimes I get really excited and get distracted. Um, today is Sunday, April 3rd. That's where my notes start. So pastor said, the manifestation of God's glory is not just something that happened in the Bible times. It happens right now because of the prayers of God's people. Well, he asked me to speak about how God has supernaturally touched my life. That time was really nerve-wracking. <laughs> Dang! I'm going to talk to y'all like this. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks. He's always got my back, man. He's always got my back. Okay. 
So I, I just want to say this. Your yes will open the door to the miraculous. Your yes will open supernatural doors. It'll take you further than you could ever imagine. The prayers of God's people and your yes is the sweet spot. That's where it's at. So I had horrible stage fright. Horrible. Three weeks ago. There's that number three again. Three weeks ago. Um, couldn't hold a mic without this. I, I, it was terrible. I would have to grab it, and then the other hand would start shaking, and it was, it was really bad. I couldn't get out what I wanted to say or what I thought God wanted to say without just emotion washing over me. It was just a tear-filled mess. And then I was like, I, I, hopefully someone could understand that because I didn't. And I was the one saying it. So years of um, prophetic words would... I just went back and started thinking about all the years of the prophetic words, and they sounded like this. Your voice will be heard. Your voice will shift atmospheres. Your voice is important. Your voice is enough. And it just went on and on and on. I know because I looked them up a few days ago, and from 2015 to now, it was your voice, your voice, your voice. Well, the enemy was trying to shut my voice down by a stage fright and, you know, whatever. So... My response was always fear. I'm not ready. I'm not qualified. I can't hold a mic without being overwhelmed, feeling like I'm literally going to vomit. No, Lord, I can't. And he waited patiently on me for 40 years. I know I only look 23, but it's, it's not the truth. <laughs> Um, so about three weeks ago, I hit a place where I said, I'm sick of being afraid. I'm sick of not being able to share what you wanted me to share. I'm sick of my legs feeling like a literal jello, and I'm tired of running from my destiny. <laughs> Thank you. So I made one little statement to God, and he has turned my world upside down. The statement was this. Lord, I will stop saying no. By the way, if you share your God moments with Pastor Mike, he will gently nudge you into your destiny. So I have to tell you guys this. So back to three weeks ago, um, a few days after telling the Lord I would stop saying no, I was at a writing retreat with my friend Heather and my new friend Rose. And um, they're both amazing. We were able to talk about my stage fright and the, my desire to move and what God created me to do. Well, they got all bright-eyed, and they were like, stand up. And I was like, why? We're all in our pajamas, comfy on the couch. And uh, so they, they were like, we need to do an activation. And they made me say this out loud. I will speak confidently in front of people at all times. Apparently, I didn't say it with enough excitement because they made me say it about four more times. <laughs> In another service, uh, I, I knew when I left that weekend that God was pointing me in a new direction. In another service, less than a week later, several people prayed over me that I would speak confidently in front of people without fear. They had no idea what just happened a week ago. The thing is, I started to believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Woo uh, then last Sunday, Amy called and she said, people who are ready to step into their destiny, come forward. I was ready. I felt like it was the last piece, the last push. I was ready. So she told me, I see that a piece of you is locked in this cage, and a hand has reached in and unlocked it, but it didn't just open. It exploded. 
she felt like uh, I was going to do something that would make me nervous, but it would be worth it. Well, shortly after that, in the same service during uh, worship, I knew that God, people were praying for me. I had been praying for myself, and I knew God wanted me to speak. Um, and I already told him I was saying no, so I had to do it. Because, I mean, you can't be fearful and a liar. Like, so, so that Sunday, uh, a day before my 40th birthday, was the first time in a long time, if ever, that I spoke boldly from the stage without any fear. And I knew that that day prayers, including mine, had been answered. I thought that that was the thing that Amy was talking about. I know I'm over time. Um, <laughs> but then good old Pastor Mike texted me and said, will you take five minutes in my, in my message on Sunday? Of course, I had to say yes because I already told God I'd stop saying no. Listen, the pressure in your life right now is on purpose. It will push you into your destiny. So I knew that I had to keep moving forward and I had to keep saying yes to the things that God was asking me because if I didn't, I knew that I would have to fight that fear all over again. And I'll tell you this, I would rather live a life that declares the glory of God and releases the supernatural and that does not include fear. <laughs> Marianne and Tony, come on up. Oh, this is awesome. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Wow, that was awesome, Jamie. I didn't know all that was going on. That's fantastic. So great. Well, hi, y'all. I'm Marianne, and this is my husband, Tony. And um, when Pastor Mike asked uh, me to share um, a five minutes of the miracles of the way God had worked miraculously in my life. Immediately, one thought came to mind. But then as the week went on, many came to mind. And I thought about the time that I got delivered from the spirit of anger. And then when I knelt down next to a child in a public school teaching situation, and the child had done something that would normally trigger me. And when I opened my mouth, nothing but grace came out. That was supernatural, y'all. That was a change inside of me. Or I could tell you about the time that I illegally entered Ghana with my mission trip, didn't have a stamp on my passport, and the next morning we arrived at 3.30 in the morning, and the next morning at 6.30 we were back at the airport uh, ready to go out, and none of our passports had been stamped. But all of a sudden, the agent started stamping our passports with both stamps, because he was a Christian, and he was letting us go forth, and God had opened the door. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yes, the song Breakthrough was playing on my headset, and we were singing. It was great. But I could tell you, too, about many other times, about the when my mother was in hospice care in her home, and we were taking care of her, and how there was a sweet fragrance at the doorway. And every person that came in said, what is that amazing candle that you're, that you're burning? We had no candle. I went and looked in all the closets that were around there. There was nothing. It was God himself. It was Jesus because he was the sweet fragrance given up for you and me, right? Oh, my goodness. I could go on and on and tell you miracles that have happened in our children while I've been in a kitchen praying and then miracles break out in my children's lives in the other room. I can tell you about all those things, but what the Lord asked me to tell you about was on a Wednesday night 
several years ago when Tony and I were at the most important meeting of the week, which was prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And we were at Grace Church Houston, and we had slipped into one of the back uh, big pie shapes. We were back in the back, unusually, but we were there, and we had had um, a big full day. And that and uh, that day, Tony had had gone to the doctor, normal checkup, and all of that, some blood work, and all that. And we were worshiping, and I looked over, and I saw that Tony was profusely sweating. Sweating, sweating, sweating. I thought, oh my goodness, that's not usual. And so I just kept checking on him. And the next time I looked at him, he was wobbling. And so I encouraged him to sit down because that was a tall tower going down if that was going to happen. And honestly, at that time, I did not know if that was the power of the Holy Spirit or if he was actually going into a medical um, uh, need, if he was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was happening. And in me not knowing what was happening, I just kept checking on him. And I reached over and I put my hand on him just like I am now. And I was worshiping. My other hand was up and I was worshiping. And the Spirit of the Lord was at work. And I felt the power of the Lord move through my body. And I felt it going into Tony. He surely wasn't going to stand up, but he did. My goodness, he stood up and he sat back down. He stood up and he worshiped, and he was still sweating, and he sat back down. And we went home at the end of that night, and he was okay. Two days later, on a Friday, he gets a message from his doctor saying, if you're not already in the emergency room, go now. Because his blood work had come back that his hemoglobin was so low he was losing blood. We went straight to the hospital. She made a way for us. After many tests, the doctor came in and said to us, you know, your hemoglobin numbers were low on, on Wednesday. But now, three days later, <laughs> it was three days later on Saturday, it takes three days for hemoglobin to regenerate in your body. And he said, and your numbers are coming back up. Hallelujah. Furthermore, we looked in your stomach and we saw that there were two places that were probably bleeding, but they are now healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. But it doesn't stop there because God doesn't just give you one little piece and then go on. This week... He had a CAT scan because two years ago, we were told he had an aortic aneurysm. Two years ago, it didn't need treatment. Two years ago, we just gave it to God. And honestly, when he went back to the cardiologist, we had forgotten he even had it. Or I had forgotten because we had given it to God and there weren't any symptoms. The CAT scan came back and it said, no aortic aneurysm. And so we jumped up and down. Now, I did say there was a small lesion on the kidney. But you know what? God's got our journey. God's got us. God's got you. And he, we live under an open heaven. And what he wills and what he desires is wholeness and healing. And so we will believe in that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's extraordinary. Marcia Strickland, our last one. Did y'all see that? Uh, so I have notes, but it's really just bullet points. Um, so honestly, the fact that I'm standing here is just the miraculous that's just been worked out through a process. What I've come to learn is that sometimes we will have an, a moment where we experience and we encounter God in a split second. But very, very often, there's such a process to the miraculous. There's things that you have to walk through and work through. So I want to start with um, just a little bit about my past, future, or past to where I got to here today. So I grew up in a relation or in a, in a home that taught me and took me to church, taught me about, you know, who God was. So I was a believer from probably from small childhood. I can remember uh, being eight years old and really saying, yes, I believe and I, wanna, and I want to give my life to the Lord. But fast forward through living like that, but not really understanding the depth of an intimate relationship with, with Jesus and with the Father and living through um, just allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me. So there was a lot of um, decisions that led to a lot of brokenness. In the brokenness, in 2011, I had three kids, so maybe that's the three, but I had three children, and at this time, some, some, a situation came up that hit with so much trauma that it left me on the bedroom floor, and I just said, Lord, what the Word says about you, I'm choosing to believe right now, and I don't know if I've ever believed it before to the depth that I'm choosing to believe it now. Because if I can't do this on my own, I know this, I recognize this, I can't do this on my own. So in that place, what happened was the, a, a greater depth of surrender, a surrender that I have never, I had never done. So I have a list of moments that I said, which one of these moments do you want me to talk about? And so he led me back to that moment and just saying, do you see, I just want to show you that that's where it all started. So I can look back through over the course of my life and say, oh, that was God. Wow, that was God. But in the moment, I didn't experience it or even know it. It's, it's because I recognize it through hindsight. But now, living in this intimate relationship, in this posture of complete surrender, and by the way, I've said this before, but if you see, surrender is the same posture as freedom. So truly, 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 when you surrender, you will walk in freedom. But he led me to that moment and just said, see, that is where you started to experience and understand and embrace the miraculous in everyday life. That's where the starting point, it were these, all this, this list of seeing God in the miraculous. So whenever I was approached by Pastor Mike about um, sharing a story, I was giving it to God. Which one of these stories? And all I kept getting to my question to him was a question in response. What makes way for the miraculous? And so that's why I believe I'm supposed to share. You'll start to see the miraculous in everyday life when you truly surrender to him. It's through the surrender that the refinement, like, like Jamie said about the pressure, the pressure is purposed. So 
In that I heard, and from Pastor Mike's scripture that he shared, glory is our inheritance. And what I felt God said is, but glory is holy. Glory is holy. Holiness is pure. The pure of heart are the kingdom ambassadors in which we will see on earth as it is in heaven. So the refinement is purposed. So he took me back to the question of what makes way for the miraculous and how does it become what you encounter every single day? And the biggest thing is checking your ego. Letting it go and being humble enough to say, show me where I'm in misalignment. Show me where I'm holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness. Because truly, truly in that moment on my bedroom floor when I started to hear God for the very first time, I was willing to be very humble and say, I must have it wrong, but you are perfect and I'm ready to be taught. I'm ready to be refined. I'm ready for what you have for me. I'm ready to let go of every bit of unforgiveness I'm ready to let love lead. And in that, and that was how it's, the, the way is made. He makes a way, but you are the voice and the vessel that get to be kingdom on earth. Through you, whenever I said, yesterday, I said, um, again, Lord, you, let me go back to my question. What makes way for the miraculous? And then the final time I asked the question, he's responded, you do. You do with your yes. With your yes. And the refinement of letting go, surrendering, living your life for him. Because it's the pure of heart who represent the king. Awesome. Awesome. Extraordinary. And God has an extraordinary calling for every one of us. The Bible's full of accounts of God as he demonstrated his glory throughout history. And some people think they're only just stories that have been passed down to us to give us a history or entertainment or some kind of an allegory. They're wrong. Some people believe Bible stories are examples of God's maximum ability. Wrong. They are simply samplings of what is possible with God. With God, the supernatural is natural, and the impossible is possible. Living as a believer is intended to be a supernatural existence is why I wanted you to hear from four ordinary people who are living supernatural, extraordinary existences. The demonstration of his power should be normal to us. So what is this extraordinary calling? And I, I love this. It's to usher. You mean Jimmy and May got... Got the number one extraordinary calling to usher? <laughs> to usher in the presence of God. You have a calling to usher in the presence of God. 
usher it into the world that so desperately needs to experience it. Through prayer, you have the privilege to usher in the glory of the Lord, to bring heaven to earth. That is an extraordinary calling. You have that calling. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you have spoken to our hearts today. Lord, I thank you that you want to bring your supernatural, your extraordinary into our everyday, ordinary lives so that we begin to experience the supernatural as normal. So, Lord, I believe there's a stirring in hearts today. A stirring to want more, a stirring to know more, a stirring to live more. Not just to go to a nice church that makes us feel nice every week, but to be able to go into a place where we can experience the powerful, life-changing presence of God. Where we get the opportunity to align with you, God, every week to align with you that we might see that extraordinary, that supernatural, that you would bring heaven to earth, that we could pray prayers that would bring heaven to earth because we have an open heaven. So, Lord, I pray today that you will awaken in us your word heads bowed eyes closed I just want you to close yourself away with God for a moment in just a moment we're going to slip outside and have communion together and then anyone that's here that wants to be baptized will baptize you this morning But as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, there's something you need to do before you get baptized, and that's to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says it so simply in John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as receive him, to them... He gives the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll be saved. One side brings us into our sonship, the other into salvation. Salvation isn't just about getting to heaven. That's the end game. It's about what he does to you right now in bringing about your true identity as sons and daughters of the Father. It's not about just writing your name on a church roll. It's not about just being a part of a church membership. It's not about just being a part of a church any more than it would be if you went to McDonald's and thought you would turn into a Big Mac. 
When you come to church, it's about receiving Christ. It's about receiving what he has done for you. And he is the one that gives you the power to become a new creature, a son or a daughter of the Father. You are brought into a royal family. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I want to invite you into that royal family this morning. I want you to begin to pursue your true identity as a son or daughter of the Father. Knowing that at the same time, in that born-again experience, your name is being written in the Lamb's book of life. That eternity begins then. For as many as call upon Him, those who know the Father know eternal life. So if you're here today, and you say, Pastor Mike, I want to get to know Jesus. I want to know him as my father. I want to know God as my father, Jesus as my brother, the Holy Spirit as the one that is always with me. I need God's help in my ordinary life because I need extraordinary help. I need the supernatural help of God. And we all do here but we got to start somewhere and acknowledging I need Jesus. And so as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you today want to begin that relationship with God, I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand and to look at me, and I'll acknowledge you. Everyone else will have their eyes closed, their heads bowed, but you're saying, Pastor Mike, I need Jesus today. I need Jesus. Will you pray for me? And if that's you, would you just raise your hand and look at me this morning? Thank you. Right here. God bless you. I need Jesus today. Praise God. Praise God. I need Jesus. Pray for me today, Pastor Mike. I need Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Anyone else? Pastor Mike, pray for me. I need Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for these that raised their hand this morning. Lord, today begins the beginning of a journey as they open their hearts to you and they give their life to you. Today, you give them the power to become sons and daughters of the Father. They today, Lord, will experience that born-again experience to understand that because of what Christ did for us, we can be raised in newness of life. So I pray for them right now, and I ask God that they just say these simple words. Say this with me, would you, everyone, dear Heavenly Father, Come into my life today. I need you. Forgive me of the things in my life that have been displeasing. Wash me whiter than snow. 
Help me to walk into my new identity today as a son or a daughter of the Father. Help me to understand that's my new identity. And it will be my identity forever. I will always be a son or a daughter. I receive my inheritance today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of his family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.live.